two years ago, actually uh, maybe just a little bit over a year ago, a year, two or three months ago, I celebrated uh, my birthday, and, and uh, Rita had had told me that she had something planned, something special planned, and so she told me the to, to be sure that I opened up my schedule, that I wasn't doing anything, and I don't remember, uh, quite honestly, if it was actually on my birthday or just a day or so before, but said, make sure you don't, you're not doing anything and make sure absolutely that you're home at, at 5 o'clock because she had something planned for me. Now, I, I don't like surprises. Anyone, uh, anyone agree with me on that? I, man, I really don't like surprises, but I will te- give her this. It started to intrigue me. What, what did she have planned? And my mind kind of went a, a bunch of different directions. I thought, well, maybe, maybe uh, she's going to have a bunch of people meet us somewhere and uh, – now, it wouldn't be real surprised because if I, I knew something was coming up, but but maybe a bunch of people were going to meet us at a restaurant and we were going to going to going to do that. Thought well, maybe she just plans a nice evening, a nice dinner, and a movie or something uh, like that. And and then my mind began to whirl a little bit. I thought, well, maybe she's got something really, 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 really super cool planned. I thought maybe she's going to uh, maybe she's going to uh, uh, have a bag packed for me and we're going to go somewhere. Uh, we're we're going to zip down to the airport and we're going to fly to California uh, to her favorite place and spend a couple days of relaxation there. And I, uh, of course, then I thought, man, honey, we don't have the money to do that. So, you know, I'm, I don't want, I don't want to squash her dream there, but, but so my mind went all different directions. What, what does she have planned? And so I got home about five o'clock and I had, she had my, uh, my stuff laid out. There was no bag packed, but she did have a Royal shirt and a pair of shorts laid out for me, so I knew, oh, we're going to a Royals game. I, I was able to figure it out pretty quickly. So so we got in the car, and, and she said, yeah, that's what we're doing, but I've got really good seats. And I'm thinking, dugout box? And she's, well, not quite that good. I'm I, I'm thinking, the ones right behind home where, where they come and feed, you know, give you free food? Well, not quite that good. But we're the ones right behind that where they do take your order, you have to pay for it, but they do come and actually take your order. But but they were wonderful seats, and so we get in the car and we get down almost to Kansas City, and and I think she had mentioned, hey, let's stop at the Quick Trip. We do this oftentimes. Stop at the Quick Trip on Front Street just before you get to the stadium, and and we needed gas, and she wanted to get a few snacks that we could take in to, to the stadium. So we stopped there, and, and I started filling the car with gas, and she piddled around, didn't go inside, and I'm like, well, come on, honey. And so finally, after I got gas, she she went inside and started to, to 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 get her stuff, but it was taking her a long time. And I remember, I remember standing, leaning out against the car, almost. And I probably had this look on my face, like, "Would you hurry up, woman? I mean, how long does it take to get some milk duds or peanuts or whatever she was, you know?" And and I was just sitting there, and I I probably was thinking I was going to give her that look where she knew I was a little disappointed. And and I glanced over and. My oldest son, Brian, and my youngest son, Caleb, were walking across the parking lot towards me. And I remember, and I don't know if I said it out loud, I remember distinctly at least thinking it, but I think I actually said these words. What are you guys doing here? Because I remember thinking, how how odd that 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 Brian, I didn't know you were in Kansas City. Brian, he lives in Tulsa. What was, what's he doing in Kansas City? And it went through my mind real quickly, it's like, and how random that we would end up at the same quick trip. Then I noticed they both had Royals hats and Royals t-shirts on, and and I got what you guys got immediately, that 
they were there to go to the game with him. A few minutes later, uh, a few minutes later, Joel pulled up, and uh, uh, Reed and I and my three sons went to the Royals game. But, but boy, I just remember that. What are you doing here? Uh, I, I guess I guess we could ask that same question. In, in fact, we kind of did last week uh, a, a little bit. What What are you doing here uh, when it came to Jesus? Why Why did Jesus come here? Why did Jesus come to earth? Why didn't we, we, we pointed this out last week, we'll finish the sermon up today. Why, why didn't he just stay in heaven? Couldn't God just have done everything he needed to do from, from his throne in heaven with the sun beside him? Couldn't, couldn't he have handled it that way? But we, we pointed out last week, one, we'll, we'll finish up today with a second reason, reasons why Jesus had to come, why he chose to come. And, and the first thing is Jesus came to share our humanity. And there's, there's a couple reasons why he came. We looked at two last week. We're actually going to finish that point by looking at one more of those here this morning. Why Jesus came to share our humanity. The first thing, and this is the most important, so it's in your notes. Underline it again today if you want. But, but know this, the number one reason that Jesus came to earth was to deal with our sin. That's why he came. God loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son. So, so we would have life eternal. He came Jesus came to die on the cross. He came to deal with our sin. That was his, that was his ultimate, that was the, the, the number one, the real reason why Jesus came. And he came to deal with, with our sin. He, he really came because of us. He came because every one of us were, were going to be sinners and in need of a Savior. So Jesus came to deal with our sin, number one. But he also came to free us from slavery. The text, and we'll read it here in a second from, from Hebrews chapter 2 and then also almost a companion text in Hebrews chapter 4. The text tells us that, 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 he, that he came to deal with our fear of death. And, and in reality, fear manifests itself in our lives in many ways. Fear of measuring up, fear of mattering, fear of belonging, fear of making a difference, fear uh, of not being loved. And, and we pointed out last week that sin causes fear so so God dealt with our sin to destroy, to render powerless. That's what the text really means, to render powerless our, our fear. So, so Jesus shares our humanity. Why? To, to deal with sin, number one. And then secondly, because we have sin, fear enters into our, our lives. No matter what you're going through, no matter what life presents to you, whether it's a literal fear of death or just fear of so many other things, fear is a part of our life. And it holds us captive. It holds us to slavery. So Jesus came to deal with our slavery. He set us free from, from slavery. And here's the, the last point that, uh, why Jesus came. We'll, we'll spend a little bit of time on this. He came to understand his saints. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. And then we're also going to look in Hebrews chapter 4. So, so uh, open your Bibles. If you have them on your phones, open them up on the app on your phone. Get the, the Bible in the seat back in front of you. And follow along Hebrews chapter 2, 14 to 18, and chapter 4, 14 uh, to 16. And you'll notice immediately how, how these parallel, how they say almost the exact same thing, but add just a couple little uh, differences there. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Since the children, that's talking about us, flesh and blood, he, Jesus, 
he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. We point out last week that destroy means render powerless. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear. Here he says fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now turn with me over to chapter 4, just a couple chapters over. Let's look at verses 14 to 16. You're going to see some similar stuff there. Therefore, referring back to what he's already said in the first three chapters, first four chapters. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, both texts talk about Jesus being a high priest, who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Jesus shares our humanity to understand us, to understand his saints, to understand what we're going through. Look look again in chapter 2, verse 18 says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. In chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 15 uh, says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in every way just as we have. Jesus Jesus is a high priest who, who came to know. He came to know what it's like to be us. Jesus came so that that he would know what we're going through, but couldn't couldn't he have stayed in heaven and still been able to do that? Couldn't Jesus have have stayed on the throne and still been able to offer encouragement to us? Yeah. Couldn't couldn't Jesus have stayed in heaven and and still tell us not to give in to temptation, to fight temptation? Well, Yes, he could have done that. Couldn't couldn't Jesus have stayed in heaven and, and turns their back on us when a friend abandons us or leaves us uh, uh, leaves us standing when it, when a friend stabs us in the back? Couldn't he have said from heaven, "Hang in there"? Well, yes, he could have. Couldn't Jesus have stayed in heaven and and when we feel we have those moments when we feel like God isn't listening that. God has abandoned us, that God is, is, is not there and hearing our prayers. Couldn't he have stayed in heaven and encouraged us to be strong? Well, yes. When, when you face tough decisions, when you're convinced that God, tough decisions you're convinced that God wants you to make, but it's, going to, it's not going to be easy, it's going to be painful, it's going to be trying. Couldn't Jesus have just stayed in heaven and, and, and encouraged us just be obedient? Yeah. In fact, Jesus, as part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity, Jesus, who was there at creation, Jesus, who was instrumental in us being, uh, uh, life being breathed into us, and, 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 and Jesus, who is part, uh, part of God, knows us 
better than we know ourselves. Couldn't he have just stayed in heaven? But one of the reasons he came to earth to share our humanity was that he would be able to know, that he would be able to understand. See, see sometimes we, we're tempted to say, but God, you don't, you, you don't get it. But God, you don't, you don't understand what I'm going through. But, but we have a high priest, we have a Savior, and it's pointed out in chapter 2 and chapter 4, and we have a high priest who says to us, yes, I do. So toss out anything that you're going through. Share anything that you're going through and, and ask Jesus if he understands. Any, any temptation to sin, any temptation to, to not follow God, toss it out and, and ask Jesus if he understands, and he's going to say, I do. Toss out any struggle that you might be having, any, anything that's, that's going on that, man, this is just really hard, and ask Jesus, Jesus, do you understand this? And, man, Jesus is going to say, yeah, yeah, I do. Let me give you an example of that. Toss out any doubt that you have. Throw, throw out a doubt that you have whether God exists or whether God cares about you or whether God has a plan for you. Toss anything out there. Toss out any hardship that you might be having. Toss out any betrayal that you're going through. Toss out any any pain, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual. Toss any of those out and say, say but God, you don't understand what I'm going through. And Jesus says, Jesus says, yes, I do. See, see we, have a, we have a Savior who's been tempted, who's, who's come to share our humanity so that he knows exactly what we're going through. Now, I was, was preparing this, and I was thinking to myself, well, what, is there anything that Jesus doesn't understand? Is there anything that, that I face, any, anything that I go through that he can't understand? And I came up with one. Maybe you thought of something as well, and, but, but I thought of one. Maybe you're, you got the same one, I, and I, it hit me. You know what? You know, the one thing Jesus doesn't understand, he doesn't understand my guilt. How many of you deal with guilt? How many of you look back and say, man, I've done this, and how can God forgive me from that? Jesus, you can't, there's no way you can understand the, the, the pain of guilt. Jesus, there's no way you can understand the heartache of feeling worthless and, and sinful in your, your sight. But hang on a second. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I, I would encourage you to, to note that verse, uh, underline it in your Bible, powerful verse. For, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul there says this, God made him, speaking about Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. God made him who had no sin. He, he made Jesus who, who, who was tempted just like us. That's what Hebrews said in, in chapter, uh, chapter 4. Tempted just like us, yet without sin. He made him who knew no sin. And, and it says there to, to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I don't understand how that worked. I don't know. I don't know what it looked like. I don't know exactly when it happened. But somewhere in the process of, of Jesus going to the cross, somewhere in the time, whether it was right after the cross and in those three, I don't, I don't, I really don't have a handle on this, but scripture tells us that God made Jesus experience sin. He made him who had no sin to be sin. You know what that literally means is that Jesus Jesus became a sinner for our sake. He, he felt that guilt. 
he felt that guilt. So, so the only thing I could think of that maybe Jesus didn't understand about my life was guilt. And oh yeah, he understands even that. See, Jesus came to share our humanity to know. To know. I, I, uh, I don't know, it was three or four years ago, I went to an a, a AA meeting with a friend. I'm, this is not confession time. Uh, I, I, uh, I went to support a friend. A friend uh, was going through a difficult time. In fact, he's still, still struggling with uh, his addiction. And, but he, asked, he uh, asked me to come over, and I was visiting with him. He said, hey, I've got a meeting, and I went to the meeting with him in, uh, there in Atchison. And, and uh, as we sat down, he introduced me to a few people, and then they started the meeting. And I tell you what, I felt out of place because they started this. If you've ever been there or seen it on TV, it's just like you see in the movies. They, they started out, they called the meeting to order, and then one by one they walked around, or they, they, didn't walk, they, they went around the room, and each person did this. Hi, my name is Bill. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name is Debbie. I'm a drug uh, addict. Hi, my name is all the way around the room they were going one by one each person was saying hi my name is and i'm and and i began to get nervous what do i say what what do i say i I was thinking man i wish i was an alcoholic so i could say hi i'm tim i'm an alcoholic i thought no that's probably not right and and then i'm like then i'm thinking do do they have and i wanted to ask my friend if there's some some unknown um code thing that you do remember how I, i don't know if we still do this but when i was a kid if you had a prayer circle at camp or or youth group, and, and, and the guy leading the prayer will, will go around the circle and pray, and the was, if, if, if you didn't want to pray, hi, Bobby. My wife should have been sitting on the front row, but, but you'd go to the guy, if you didn't want to pray, what you did was squeeze the hand of the person, and that, that was code, that was signal that they passed over you. Sometimes it passed, you know, there were a lot of handshakes or squeezes before it got to someone that was willing to pray, um, but, but I'm like, is there some code that, you know, is there a, a secret handshake, a secret nod that, that I give that like, hey, he's just a visitor. He doesn't have to do this. And, but it kept going, and I, I had no indication what I was supposed to do. And, uh, and you know what I, what I did? I, I, I ended up saying this. I said, hi, um, my name's Tim. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm here with my friend. As a uh, as the night continued, after they finished all the way around, as the night continued, uh, they they talked about several. They they celebrated sobriety. Some people had had hit their one year anniversary, their one month anniversary, their one week anniversary. Their, they they celebrated together, and 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 then they'd go around the room, and someone would would raise their hand and say, "This has been a really tough week. I was tempted to drink this week, and I had to call my sponsor." And, and he showed up at 2 o'clock in the morning and stood by me and talked me, talked me down from the ledge. Or a couple of them stood up and said, you know what, it's not been good. I, I was six months sober, and now I'm working on number, week number one again. And, and they, they went around. And, and you know what I added to the conversation? You, you know what I offered all that? Because when, when that would happen, someone would, would, would offer words of encouragement or advice. And you know what I offered? Absolutely nothing. See, we around, and I said, hi, my name's Tim. I'm, a, I'm not an alcoholic. I didn't say, I'm not an alcoholic, but let me tell you what you need to do. I, I, I didn't stand up when someone said, man, I've blown it this week, and I lost my sobriety. I didn't say, hey, I, I got to comment here. You just got to be tougher. 
You, you just got to fight that urge. You got to fight that too. I didn't, I didn't stand up when someone celebrated and say, wow, great for you. I know exactly what that's. I, you know, I did not, I didn't do it because you know what? I, I don't know what it's like. I, I'm not, I've got lots of temptations, but alcohol is not one of them. Praise the Lord for that for me, for me. But so I had no idea what these men and women were going through or had been through. So, so, so you, you start to get the understanding why Jesus shared our humanity. He could have done it all from heaven. I guess it could have happened there, but, but he came to earth to deal with our sin and to free us from slavery. And, and he came so that he would understand us, understand his, his, his uh, brothers and sisters, understand us so that he would know. And he came, he also came to show. He came to show that he, he didn't just do it so, hey, look at me. I've, I, he, he came so that he, could, that he could walk with us when we're going through that. Note, note two verses. I, uh, we've already looked at them, but I, I want to I touch those. Uh, chapter 2, verse 18. It says, because he himself suffered in, when he was tempted. Notice what it says. He is able to help those who are being tempted. He came to, to show us compassion. So when we're going through trials, temptations, struggles, doubts, whatever, he, not only does he know what it's like, he, he's there to help us through. And then verse 15, again, over in chapter, uh, chapter 4, for we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. So in other words, we have a high priest who does sympathize with our weakness, who under stands and knows what we're going through um the last fourth of july uh my my oldest son brian and his son kyler kyler's 12 ish 10 well that's close uh double digits kyler's 10 uh and they uh they came with me over to troy on july 4th morning to to run slash walk in the uh the the lions club fourth of july uh event so so I'd called Brian and, and they were going to be home on the fourth. I said, Hey, do you want to, <clears throat> do you want to run the 5k? And he said, great. And, and I said, you know, if Kyler wants to or any of the girls want to, and he said, I'll ask Kyler. So he, he called me back. So yeah, Kyler wants to, to, to do it. And so we got in the car and I headed over and, and Brian asked Kyler, Kyler, do you want to run or do you want to walk with Papa? And Kyler's like, I want to run. <laughs> Translation, I don't want to walk with Papa. That's really what that was, but. Uh, now, now let me let, let me uh, let me make you aware of a couple things. I there was never a doubt that Brian was going to be able to complete the race. There was never a doubt that the three point one miles was going to be a challenge for him. Uh, while, while difficult for most of us, for Brian, that was going to be a walk in the park. See, see, he's run a couple marathons, twenty six point two miles. He's completed a couple half marathons, thirteen point one miles. And he's actually in training to run another marathon in October. So, so distance, the, 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 the temperature, the heat of the morning, although it turned out to be a cool morning, the, the hills here in Troy, they were never a problem for, for Brian. There was, there was never a doubt that he was going to complete the course and do fine. Now, Kyler was a different matter. Brian had asked him if he wanted to run or if he wanted to walk with me and and he confidently said i want to run now here's a problem kyler kyler really hadn't done 
training. He, he in preparation, ran around his neighborhood a couple times. And, and, and so he, he lives in Oklahoma, so he's used to the heat, but, but he wasn't used to the hills. Troy has some hills, and where he lives in, in uh, Tulsa, it is, it is flat, and so he wasn't used to that, and, and he'd never run 3.1 miles before. So the race started, the, the, the shot was fired by, uh, by John, I believe, and, and everyone took off, and there went Brian, there went Kyler on his tail. Very quickly, Tyler, or Brian outran him, and very quickly, Ty- Kyler outran where I was walking. But we were coming up the hill here on uh, uh, Walnut Street. And I, I made a corner. I don't know. You Lions Club people tell me what corner we made. But we, we came and started coming up. And I looked up way up in front of me about two blocks. And I saw, I saw a figure that I recognized. It was Kyler. And he was walking just like Paul Paul. <laughs> Not with, but just like. And, and uh, in fact, he was, he was meandering. I was walking at a pretty good pace. He was meandering. And, and I caught him just right outside the square here. And we walked around the square twice because you have to do that in that race you walk twice and we headed down the hill we're still walking together he decided he's going to run he ran he actually walked down the hill and then started to run up the next hill i'm like that's backwards guy you run down hills and walk up but so i caught him on the the next hill and, and we got we're, we're just a couple blocks from the high school going up that last it's kind of a gentle hill but going up that last hill and i, and I looked off and i saw a lone figure kind of jogging back towards us and I thought, who didn't get enough running in that they're, they're jogging? And then I recognized the gate, and I recognized as he got closer, it was Brian. And so Brian jogged back to where Kyler and I were walking, and he said, come on, Kyler. Come on, Kyler, you can run the rest of the way. You just got to go a little bit further and around the track. Come on, Kyler. He didn't say anything to me. <laughs> like He didn't offer me a drink or anything. But, uh, but come on, Kyler, you can do it. And and off together they went. See, Jesus came to know. He, 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 he wants to, to share humanity with us so he, he understands us, so he knows us, but also to show us that, that, that he's not standing beside us like, man, I, I did this without sin, and what is up with you? No, it's to come alongside us and say, you can do it. Let me walk with you. The main thrust of of this text, um, the main thrust of this text is the first point that we looked at to share, share his divinity. That's uh, that that's really the the book we're going to look at uh, last week and today. Jesus, uh, why, why did he come to share to, to to share our humanity? Here's the second reason he came. We'll just touch on a couple things. Jesus came also to share his divinity. Uh, he 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 came to share our uh, he came to share our our humanity, so 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 that it works together for us. But he also came. This is important too to to bring his divinity to us. He did that so we will know, and and really, the, so we'll know a couple things that we'll know that first of all that God cares. Now, now let me illustrate it this way. Um, in a in a in a few months, what are we? We're August, so in about three months or so, we're gonna we'll start talking about Operation Napper. That's when we take. Uh, gift boxes down to, to 100, 120 kids in Mexico, and you'll have a chance to take part in that. And, and we, uh, this is what we do. We will, and we'll have a couple samples. We'll have a box about like this. This is a 12-quart box. And we'll, we'll have a, a box like this, and, and what I will say, I'll announce it several times, is, is put your stuff in a 12-quart box or a 15-quart box. It's just a little bit bigger than this one. Put it in a 
12 or 15 quart box. Now there's a reason why we why we're, why I'm very specific about a 12 quart or a 15 quart box. Uh, hey girls, can you come up here and illustrate help me illustrate this real quick? You're excited, right? Woo! No. Okay. Do you have your speech ready? No. Your mom didn't tell you what you were supposed to say? Okay, you don't have to say anything. Okay, I'm going to have you hold that. Here's why. Hang on there, Frankie. We'll, we'll get to you in a second. One year I went down, is when we were at Rushville, I, I, I went down to Mexico with Operation Napper, and we took, we took a bunch of boxes down there. And, and we were in one of the churches, and we were calling out names. So we were calling out names of little boys and little girls. And, and I called out the name um, uh, Ray Lee. Actually, there's no... There's no kids in Mexico named Ray Lee that I know of, but let's pretend. Let's let's pretend you're a little Mexican girl. You're you're beautiful, and 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 so I said Ray Lee, and so Ray Lee comes up, and oh, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself, and I hand her this box, and Ray Lee smiled just like she's smiling. Yeah, look at that. She's like, wow, this is cool. There's cool stuff, and and then so so you can go ahead and sit down. She took her box and she went down and sat with her mom or grandma or whoever it was, and and. Uh, and she opened up her box and started looking in. Wow, this is cool stuff. And there was some candy in there, some, some gloves and school supplies and stuff like that. And then, then the next thing that came up was Frankie. Frankie. I, I don't know any, any girls named Frankie in Mexico either, but someday you go to Mexico with us and you'll be, a, you'll be the first Frankie in Mexico. And, and so Frankie, and then Frankie comes walking and, and I go over and get her box. Yeah. And, and I hand that box to Frankie. Frank, you can go ahead and go sit down. And, uh, <laughs> Her box is full of exactly the same stuff yours is. Air. <laughs> she just gets more air. But, but, but you can imagine. And, and it hit me then. It's like, I, I felt such joy for Frankie. But. And Ray Lee, was she was excited to have her small box. I mean, she really was. But. But had we polled the church that day, we didn't, but had we polled all the kids, hey, who got the best gift today? I think they all would have said, well, well, it's Frankie. Did you see the box? And, oh, man, and that one was amazing. I, it was someone that, I mean, someone just fell in love and just, it was full of all kinds of cool stuff. And it is then like, a, okay, we, we, we got to get them the same size so I don't have that happen again. But here's the point. Jesus came to share his divinity. And, and one of the things we get about from that with God coming to us, God coming to earth, his divinity coming down here, it illustrates to us that God cares, that God gives us the very best that he could give us. There are some great people in the Old Testament. Man, there's some, some great leaders from Moses to Joshua, uh, to, to, to some of the prophets, uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel. There are some great men and women in the Old Testament that God used in mighty ways. But when it came time for him to come and deal with us and take care of it all once and for all, he sent the very best that he had. So, so he shares his divinity so that, so that we'll know uh, that Jesus, that God cares and that Jesus that Jesus is. Paul makes the case in the book of Philippians that Jesus was, in chapter 2, Jesus was fully human and yet also fully divine, fully God. He makes, he's making that point here by describing Jesus 
as a high priest. Now, let me ask this question. I just need a couple of you guys to answer. If, uh, if I was to ask you who your favorite person, now, now don't, don't say your mom or dad, but your, your favorite person. So if you could get someone's autograph, if you could hang out with someone for a day, if you could, if you could have someone to say, hey, I know that person. Who would your, who would your favorite person be? Just, just a couple people. Toss one out. Avery, okay, all right. Okay, I, I, you took a lot of people's answer right there. Don? Patrick Mahomes, do you have a Patrick Mahomes? John Cena, okay. He could take Patrick Mahomes, right? Couldn't throw the football as good, but he could probably take him. So, so we might throw out, okay, I've got to know. Tilly, I was hoping you don't raise your hand. That's all right, go ahead. Tyreek Hill, okay, Patrick, a chief anyway, same. same. Now, now, in Jesus' day, had you asked that question, truth is, you probably would have got a bunch of different responses, but their, their faith was so, such an integral part of their life, their, their, their life was so, so involved around their faith that if you asked them, is there one person that you'd like to hang out with, one person that you would, would love to call friend? Now, now, let me put it this way. Uh, some of you have a, a, a background in this, I, I don't, but... But, but some of you that have a Catholic background or no Catholic people, if you ask a Catholic, if you ask a Catholic who, who's their favorite person, who, who, who they would like to hang out with, who do you think they would say? No, they'd say Patrick Mahomes too. Um, <laughs> but if they, were on, if they were honest, they'd say Patrick Mahomes. But if you were in a church setting, if we did this at the Catholic church, they would probably all say, oh, the Pope. In Jesus' day, they probably would have said the high priest because the high priest represented the one that that took their case to God. It was the high priest that got to go into the Holy of Holies and, and taking the blood of a bull or a goat and, and dealt with the sin of the people. Now, now, the writer here in Hebrews tells us that we have a, a new high priest, Jesus, who doesn't go with the blood of, bo- of, of bulls and goats, but with his own blood to deal with, with our sin once and for all. He goes to represent us to God. Now, here's the cool thing. Because God cares so much that he sent us the very best that he could, and because Jesus is that representation of the high priest, the one that represents us to God, it's pretty cool that we see this in in chapter uh, 4, verse 16. Let me read that. And then we'll finish. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Let us, let us approach so the, the throne. So, so the high priest was the only one getting to do that. But he says, now let, let you, you, you can with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. So he came to show us that we have access. We have access to God. It's, it's not through a high priest that goes in and represents us. I don't want to make anyone mad here, but it's not through a pope or a priest or a minister or an elder. It's, none of us represent us to God. We've been given the right, the ability, because of Jesus, to have access to God ourselves. That's why. That's why Jesus... Guys, you can come on up uh, for the last song. In the movie, or when the movie Ben Hur was being uh, was being filmed, the 
the the main actor, the the star of the movie was Charlton Heston. the The director of that movie, uh, Cecil uh, B. DeMille, was uh, had approached Heston one day and and said, "Hey, hey Charlton, I I, I want to ask you if you'd do this. The one of the last scenes in the movie is a chariot race, and and we could have a stunt double do that, but we I really would like I really would like you to uh, to actually drive the or what I don't know." If you drive a chariot or not, but I, I would like for you to to be in that chariot and actually uh, be be steering that chariot with the horses on it. So Hessen said, "Okay, I'll try." And so so he went into training. He he took lessons for several weeks and and uh, kind of got it figured out. It was tough. It was an easy thing to to have a chariot with either two or four horses. I don't remember how many in front of you to to, to control it. But but finally he came to Cecil D. B. DeMille one day and said 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 I think I can drive the chariot all right. Sir, I, I think I can drive it all right. Just, I'm just not sure I can win the race. I'm, just, I'm really not sure I can win the race. DeMille said to him, oh, Charles, you just stay in the race. You just stay in the race, and I'll make sure you win. Why did Jesus come? He came to share our humanity to be just like us he came from heaven and so as he did he brought his divinity jesus came jesus came because we needed him to would you bow with me father we thank you for your son jesus we thank you that he shared our humanity that that everything that we struggle with everything that we have difficulty with father even every joy and and pleasure we have father jesus understands it here you you could have handled it from heaven but you sent your son to deal with our sin to uh, free us from slavery and and father just so that we'd he'd know exactly what it would be like one of his saints father we thank you that he brought his divinity to prove to us that you cared for us and that he was the one Father, we thank you that we have hope through him. We thank you that if we just stay in the race, in the end, you'll make sure we win. Father, if there's anyone here today that's struggling with struggling with their faith, struggling with believing that they belong, struggling with fear in their life, Father, I just pray that you'd help them understand that Jesus knows exactly what they're going through, and that's why you had him come. Pray this all in the name of your son, your son who shared our humanity and brought his divinity in Jesus name. Amen.